Matthew chapter 7. I want to just read the sermon text as we get started today. And then uh, I've got a, a video I want to show uh, after we read the, te the text. But we've been working through this sermon that Jesus preached in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And so we're kind of around in that home stretch of chapter 7, verses 1 through 6 today. And so I just want us to hear the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. It's also on page 788 in the Bible in front of you. Hear the words of Jesus. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Let's pray as we get into God's word. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word. Lord, it's a word that we need to hear today. And there's some confusing things in it, so we ask that your spirit would clarify for us to see what you want us to see. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would see you clearly today. Through my words, may your word be proclaimed clearly and help us to put hands and feet to your message today. Amen. So we think about this theme, do not judge lest you be judged. I want to show a commercial that was played about a month ago. Uh, there was a big football game about a month ago. Maybe you saw it was a Super Bowl. And this was one of the commercials that was played during the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe? Cause I'm only human that commercial? Jesus says, do not judge lest you be judged. He said earlier in this beautiful sermon, love your enemies. This lit up the Twitter sphere during that night. If you saw any of those things, there were people that responded to this commercial. Someone said, I don't think Jesus would spend millions to make fascism look benign. Others said the commercials displayed Jesus not as the Son of God, Savior of a fallen world and the conqueror of sin, but as a refugee, an immigrant, an activist, an influencer, and a troublemaker roaming the hood. A criminal wrongly accused with an effort, all in an effort to make him 
relatable. Someone else said, with the money spent on this right-wing Jesus ad, they could permanently house 1,563 people experiencing homelessness. Jesus said, judge not, lest ye be judged. What do we do with things like this commercial? I'll be honest, my first instinct was like, that's kind of cool. I like hearing about Jesus at the Super Bowl. And my friend Chad Ragsdale, he says, I think the Super Bowl could use more Jesus, not less. And I'll be honest, I'd rather watch commercials about Jesus than Budweiser. And yet there's this tension of there was a lot of money spent on this. Maybe it could have been used for something better. And those quotes, they were just from different camps around the world. And you know that we live in an angry culture. And there are people that are very upset about whatever. And if there's a Jesus commercial, they'll make sure they say their piece as well. Now, I've been to the commercial, I've been to their website, and there's some things I think this group could do better. But I'm also thankful they're just trying to get people closer to Jesus. And we live in this world that is very angry. Words like Republican and Democrat and conservative and liberal and progressive and woke and cancel and me too and Black Lives Matter and the things go on and on. Those things, you just type in any of those in your search engine and you'll find a whole lot of stuff that you may not want to read. Judge not lest ye be judged, Jesus said back in the first century. And they had their challenges too. It was... Pharisees and Sadducees and people that were loyal to the, the, the Romans. There was the uh, uh, Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans. There was racial issues back then. There were people that wanted to take force against the Roman occupation. They were willing to shed blood and kill people to get Rome off of their back. Jesus lived in an angry culture as well. And so we need to hear these words today to G from Jesus because I think they speak to us very clearly. There's people that would say stuff online that you would never say to a human being in person. Would you agree? There's a book that just came out. It's caught my attention. It's called The Wolf in Their Pockets. And I asked my junior high kids, do you know what that is? The wolf in your pocket? Do you have a wolf in your pocket today? No, I really do feel like I'm anti-technology because I really don't care for this thing. I'll be honest. I know it's good. There's good things, but I'm one of these. I can really live without this, I'm pretty sure. Beth's uncle asked me during sabbatical, he said, you become an Amish? <laughs> There's some things I like about that. But this wolf in our pockets, it says there's 13 dangers that the social internet is posing to our lives. I've not read the book, but it sounds interesting. But people will put something on this thing that you may never say to a real live human being. And I just want you to know that we live in an angry world, and as followers of Jesus, we should do better. We should live in a way that is true and just and merciful and kind and gracious and there's this theme i think it just is called christian civility 
just treating people with love and respect and dignity. And it just pains me that so many Christian people spew lots of angry, hatredful words. Are you following me? And so I think Jesus' words are very clear to us today, and I think they're very much needed. And so in our verses today from Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6, Jesus gives us three warnings. Three warnings. The first warning, he warns against condemnation but not discernment. Jesus warns against condemnation but not discernment. It's in the first two verses. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is not the first time we've seen judge talk in this beautiful Sermon on the Mount. It's beautiful, but it's challenging and hard. And in chapter 5, verse 25, Nick Babs preached on it a few weeks ago. He did a great job. He's, here's the words from Matthew 5, 25. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. And then later it says, Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. Some people say, well, we can't ever have a judge. We can't have a judicial system. Well, Jesus gives an example of that earlier in this sermon, and there's examples in the Bible of judges and making cho choices over people, you know, the, the law. So I don't think Jesus is talking about we should never have judges because there is laws in this world. I think what Jesus is talking about is personal relationships with one another, with our brothers and sisters. So Jesus warns against condemnation, not discernment. Here's what I mean. Discernment is a form of judgment. So I have, what do I have here? It's not hard. This is what? It's an apple, okay? It's an orange, okay? You're going to make an apple pie. You're going to go to the grocery store, and you're going to see the produce section. You're going to see, what are these? Okay, and you're going to see, okay. And so if you want to make an apple pie, what are you going to pick? You're not going to pick an orange, okay? You're going to pick an apple if you want an apple pie. You have made a judgment, okay? Jesus isn't saying we shouldn't discern between, okay, apples make apple pies and oranges make orange pies. I wonder if there's an orange pie. That sounds cool. We should try it. Heaven in a bowl. Okay. So you make a discernment, okay? But here's what happens sometimes. Get ready, okay? I'm an apple, but I'm going to identify as an orange. No, you're a... Uh, okay, this isn't hard, folks, okay? Really, okay? You're, I just... Did I get you that confused? This is an apple, and this is an orange. But sometimes people say, I know I am an apple, but I'm going to... I'm getting... I'm, I'm crossing the line here, aren't I? I'm going to identify as a... No, you are a, a... An apple, okay? You're an apple. So we're making a judgment here. It's discernment. Now, how we talk to people about apples and oranges is what Jesus is talking about. Sky Jathani in his book, What If Jesus Were Serious, he gives the example of, of apples and oranges, and if the oranges all get together and say, we hate the apples, death to all the apples, I think that's what Jesus is warning against, condemnation. Discernment 
we need to have. We need to discern right from wrong. Apples from oranges. Are you following me? And so Jesus is not warning against discernment, but condemnation. The half-brother of Jesus wrote a letter called James. I want to invite you to James chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. Here's what he describes it. James chapter 2. It's on page 978 in your Bible in front of you. James chapter 2. He speaks to this act of judgment. He says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You go to the next page, chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. James 4, 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So we need to show discernment. We need to go to websites and see what do they actually believe? What are they promoting? We must, as followers of Jesus, have discernment. We must be able to discern right from wrong, false from true, Scripture, not Scripture. But the way we respond to people must also be filled with love, compassion, and mercy. Jesus is going to talk about this discernment a little bit more, and, and we're going to talk about it in two weeks when we go back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Matthew 7, 15, Jesus says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? No. Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus is not warning us against the discernment, but against condemnation. John Wesley says it this way, The judging Jesus condemns here is thinking about another person in a way that is contrary to love. So as followers of Jesus, our interactions should be marked by love and truth. Here's the second warning that we see from Jesus in verses 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the, the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Did everybody catch all that? So I want two volunteers. We're going to have some fun now. Okay? I'm sorry I've been crying this morning, but I need two volunteers. Just come, or we're going to have to wait. So It's not going to be that hard, but I need two people. So I'll come grab you, and I can make that work. Come on. Come on, there's one. I just need one more person, okay? It won't hurt, okay? 
Come on, Carson, that's fine. Whoever, Jeff, who doesn't matter. Somebody, thank you. That, great, come, come, come. This will be great. Okay, Carson, she beats you. We're going to let her this time. Sorry. Come back another time. Okay. <laughs> you get up here quite a bit. So, Okay, so your name? Haley. We have Haley, and we have Jordan. Okay, so um, do you want to be, um, what did I say? Uh, do you want to be speckle or plankton? Okay, you get to be plankton. So this is plankton. This is speckle. Okay, so I did this with the junior high kids uh, Wednesday night, and we just acted out verses 3, 4, and 5. And uh, we did it like seven or eight times. The kids, that we did this, and they're like, I want to do this part now, and I want to do this part. And so we just did it like seven or eight times. I think they learned the Bible verse that night. And so it was really fun. And so we're just going to act out verses 3 through 5. You've got one little small speaking part, but trust me, you're going to do great. And I'll coach you all the way through it. I'll be the narrator. So you're going to be plankton. You're going to be speckle. Okay? Uh, so you're going to have the plank in your own eye. Uh, and then, so thanks, Jack, for the sawdust. I need you to pick some sawdust and put it in your, no. We shouldn't put it in your eye, okay? Well, the kids were like, are you going to... They also were like volunteering, like, I'll put some sawdust in my eye. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, okay? So, but I've got some sawdust. I just want you to find little, one little piece and just hold it, okay? Don't put it in your eye, but you can just kind of hold it up, whatever piece you want. Just one, though. Do you got it? Just get us... No, there's got like 30 of them there, just one. Just need one, okay? That's the one you want? Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Okay. So, um, can you see her speck of sawdust? Okay. Not real, very well. Can you see your plank? Okay. You need to put that in your eye, though. Now, don't put it in your eye, but just like kind of do maybe like this number, okay? Okay, all right, and show, it, show them around. Just kind of do this number, okay? Watch out here, okay? All right, so, okay, so we're ready. We're going to act this out. We have plankton for the plank, uh, speckle for the speck of sawdust, and I'm going to be uh, playing the part of Jesus just reading this, the scripture, okay? Are we ready? And so get, I'll coach you up when it's time, okay? So here's what, here's what I love about Jesus. I mean, he's preaching this. We're probably on this mountainside, beautiful Sea of Galilee down below, and he's just teaching this. And he probably picked up a stick. Do you picture Jesus just teaching this? Hey, here's what this looks like, guys. And so he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust? Put it up by your eye. Don't put it in your eye, just by your eye. Okay, thank you. Okay, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother or sister's eye and pay no attention to the plank? Make sure I don't hurt you. Okay, get it. It's got to be up closer to eye, though. There you go. Very good. Okay. Okay. And pay no attention. You're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say, here's your big line. Are you ready? Repeat after me. Can we get this mic turned on? Okay. All right. How can you say... No, not that, not that oh. part. Not that part. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was my fault. That was my fault. That was my fault. Okay. Um, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? Let me take the speck out of your eye. Very good. Uh, say it a little bit more with some passion, but you've got to look at this, your brother over here. I know it's hard, so kind of spin. Don't, hurt, don't, pick, don't hit her. Okay, try it now. Let me take the speck out of your eye. That was really good. I didn't have to tell you. That's good. Okay, very good. She, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. But yeah, yeah let's go ahead and give her. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah, good. You're doing great. You're doing good. Now, you've got to be looking over here, but don't hit me. Come look over to your brother or sister here, okay? You're doing great here. Okay. So Jesus is saying, uh, or the person says again, what? Let me take the speck out of your eye. Let me take the speck out of your eye. When all the time, don't make sure, there's this plank in your own eye. First, let's see, you hypocrite. Jesus calls you a hypocrite. I didn't call you a hypocrite. Jesus says you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. 
first take the plank out of your own eye. So take, your, take it out of your eye. So go, okay, you're doing great. Good job. Okay, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother or sister's eye. So now you can come and take the speck. So this is gone. Okay, then you turn. And all three of us, we Good job. Thank you. Give me five, Haley. Thank you. Thank you. You did great. Good job. You have a future. Uh, you girls are great. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's so, like, silly, right? I mean, how many people really do this? Do they really walk around with this in their face? I mean, let's be honest. Does anybody really look like this? Not physically. But do you know anybody who's tried to kind of correct you and you're like, dude, you're one to talk, and they've got this big whatever sticking out of their eyeball. That's what's beautiful about the words of Jesus. He's like, this isn't hard stuff. And so he says, uh, take the plank out of your own eye before you try and remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, Jesus, is, he's saying there's a speck in the brother's eye or the sister's eye. That needs to be removed, okay? So we have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters. Hey, let me help you out. But he's saying first, take care of yourself. So the warning here is Jesus warns against self-righteousness, not self-awareness. We need to look in the mirror first, is what Jesus said. Look in the mirror, you take care of you, let me take care of you, and then we can work on some other people's relationships. You following me? And so here's what happens sometimes. I've had this happen to me, it's been a while, but you know, as a leader in the church, sometimes we have to call out some sin, and we have to, what's called, discipline people. And sometimes, it never fails, people say, hey, preachers, elders, judge not, lest you be judged, what are you doing? We're all sinners, da-da-da-da-da. Well, yeah, but we're also leaders of the family of God, and we've got to take care of sin when there's sin in the camp. That's biblical, too. And so our elders and deacons make sure that we are looking at ourselves first. Are we got things in our lives that we need to get out before we have this conversation with someone? Are you following me? And so it's important for us as followers of Jesus, we've got to make sure that we look in the mirror and say, is there anything that I need to address first? before I try and take care of something else with my brother or sister. So that's what Jesus is calling out for us today. Let's listen to the words from the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, verse 1. The Apostle Paul, it's on page 912 in the Bible in front of you. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. So we must be careful when we try and point out other people's sins that we are making sure maybe I'm part of the problem too. So we need to be careful you think Jesus ever got a speck of sawdust in his eye? I mean, he's described as a carpenter's son. And maybe he worked with the wood. Some people say maybe he worked with stone. That'd be even worse, wouldn't it, having a speck of rock in your eye? But I'm just thinking, just physically, did he, have a, did he ever get a speck of sawdust? I don't know. We're just asking the question. I do know this. He never had a spiritual speck of sawdust in his eye. There was no sin in his life. 
And I think he would later experience on the receiving end of people with planks in their own eyes trying to attack him. The judgments of Jesus, the, the trial after they arrested him, those ruling leaders in the Jewish city there in Jerusalem, there were lots of planks in their eyes. They held several trials and hearings at night. When do you ever hear of justice and courtroom trials happening at night that turned out good? There were six different trials that they had. They asked Jesus to incriminate himself. They had false witnesses come and testify against Jesus. The kicker for me was when they went to Pilate in John's gospel, the Jewish leaders brought Jesus to Pilate's palace. And it says there, they would not enter the palace because they didn't want to be ceremonially unclean so that they could eat the Passover meal. They were completely fine to hand over the perfect lamb of God to be killed so as long as they could go back home and have their lamb for Passover. And so these leaders had planks in their eyes all the while trying to kill Jesus. Here's the sentence for today I want to leave with you. Through Christ, our sins are cleansed so we can see clearly the world around us. Jesus was wrongfully convicted. I mean, he was innocent. He laid down his life voluntarily for us. He is the one who can remove those sins and planks from our eyes. He is the one that can cleanse us so that we can see clearly the world around us. So here's a prayer that's pretty scary to pray that I invite you to pray this week. Lord, show me the plank in my own eye. What's in my eye that it needs to be removed so that I can see clearly the world around me? Jesus gives us a third warning, and he warns against rejection, but not the value of the gospel. Verse 6, I think, is the hardest verse to figure out in this entire sermon. I really don't know what it means, to be honest. So here's my my best attempt at making this uh, applicable today. I've done the homework, but it just says in verse 6, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. You get that, right? Okay, so the two question is, who are the dogs and pigs and what's sacred in the pearl? Dogs and pigs, uh, don't think of your nice lap dog. Uh, that's not what Jesus had in mind. Dogs were unclean animals. They were scavengers. They were, you know, around the scrap piles, probably had rabies and stuff. I mean, they're, they're scary things. So dogs, not, not good. Pigs, considered unclean, not clean for a Jewish person to eat. So something that's kind of out there. Uh, some, you know, Jesus does say in, in Matthew 15, don't take the the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He's talking to this lady from Syria, Phoenicia. Some people say, well, maybe it's the Gentiles, pigs, you know, unclean animals, unclean people. So maybe Jesus is saying there's going to be a time to send the message to the Gentiles, but not yet. Maybe that's what that is. The sacred, something sacred's holy, it's clean, it's pure. The pearl, something valuable. The pearl is 
is a treasure, special. In Matthew 13, Jesus is going to say, you know, the kingdom of heaven's like a man who finds a pearl of great price in a field and he sells everything he has and goes and buys that field so he can have it. So maybe the pearl is, is the gospel, the good news, the kingdom of God. Maybe the dogs, the, the pigs, maybe it's those who reject it, reject about the message. Sounds a little bit like a proverb. There's a proverb, Proverbs 23, verse 9. Proverbs 23, verse 9. Do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. There's times where you just share the good news of Jesus, but it just doesn't, it's not received well, is it? People are not ready to hear it. And Jesus says, you know, don't give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. So maybe they're sharing the gospel could get you tore up. And so maybe Jesus is saying, you better show some discernment. Feel the people out. Are they ready to hear the message or not? Jesus does talk to them in Matthew 10 where he sends them out on a, on a short-term mission trip. Matthew 10, 13 and 14 is like, if you go to a house and uh, give them your peace, if they welcome you, let your peace remain. If they don't, take your peace back and then you take your shoes off. And you slap them together and say, your dust is on your feet. I'm not even taking your dust with me. Maybe it's some type of saying, okay, there's times where people just will not hear this and you just move on. Maybe Jesus is warning against those whose hearts are so hardened that they risk rejection and persecution. We never give up hope. We keep praying, which is the theme of the next section of verses, ask and you shall receive. Maybe Jesus is warning that sometimes when you share the good news of the gospel, people will reject it and throw it back in your face. John Stott has these words to say. This teaching of Jesus is for exceptional situations only. Our normal Christian duty is to be patient and persevere with others as God has patiently persevered with us. We're talking about kingdom relationships in this series. Those kingdom relationships are founded on sacrificial love, the love of Jesus. And I'll be honest, I finished this sermon on Thursday. You never, you never really finish pre preparing for your sermon until you walk off the stage. But I had it done on Thursday, and this is where I ended and I've been trying to figure out how to finish this thing since Thursday. So here's where I'm going to go with this today. How are we doing? How are we doing treating people in this world? Because to be honest, there's people we don't like. I mean, or am I the only one or is there other people? You're like, man, there's just some people out there just mean. So maybe as a follower of Jesus, we can just say, I'm going to treat people with kindness and love and respect and mercy. Mercy triumphs judgment. Maybe we need to look at the plank in our own eye and say, okay, Jesus, show me what I need to change. Holy Spirit, you help me take it out today. And let's just pray for those that are going to hear this word and there's going to be some that are going to reject it. And we just need to have the wisdom and tact of how to communicate well with people and when to know when to speak and know when to just be quiet.
and trust Jesus to do the rest. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we just pray for your help. I pray that followers of Jesus can be people of conviction and strength and mercy and kindness. I pray that our rhetoric would be respectful and that we can speak the truth in love. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would have some soul-searching thought time with you this week. Show us the planks. Help us to pull them out. Lord, help us to graciously look for the specks and help our brothers and sisters in their walk with you too. And Lord, help us to show discernment, value your gospel, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to help us. We love you, Jesus. Amen.